welcome to this week's edition of Detroit International. Here in uh, Marcus Elliott's studio, it's Marcus Elliott. <laughs> Believe it or not, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. How you doing? Cool. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, so we came out here to Ferndale today to to talk about some things. Um, you do have a new or soon to be released EP uh, mm -hmm. about to be served up. Um, can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah. So this next EP that I'm going to release um, doesn't have a name yet. Actually, we were just talking about that earlier. Mm. Um, it's an EP that I've been working on with um, my band, my, my quartet, that I play with on a regular basis down at Cliff Bells every Tuesday. And uh, we've been working on this music for oh, about three to four years. We've been playing on a weekly basis for four years, and some of this music that we're, uh, that's on this EP is some of the music that we've been playing. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I wanted to capture it because uh, we're gonna be ending our residency at Cliff Bell's um, May 23rd. So I just wanted to make sure I got one more snapshot of the band um, before it ended. So that's how, that's how I kind of look at it. It's just kind of a snapshot of where we were at with those tunes that we had been just kind of working on and workshopping on a regular basis. Solid, and they're, uh... You know, entirely original compositions and all mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And you play the saxophone, a couple of different kinds of saxophone. Yeah. How long have you been keeping that up? Since birth, right? <laughs> Since birth. <laughs> no. Came out with a sax. <laughs> I think I was 16. 16? Word. No, no, it's been 16 years. It's been 16 years. Yeah. Because I started it when I was 11. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to get my horn on 9-11. Oh. Yeah, 2001. I was supposed to get it September 9-11. And uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> events, events delayed. Events delayed, so I got it the week after. And uh, the way I got it, my parents, I was supposed to play alto, you know, because that's what they put everybody on. Mm -hmm. And my parents were like, okay, cool, you know, it's going to be a little bit expensive, but we'll do it, you know. And then they got to the place where we pick up the instrument, and the price was like double what they said it was going to be. Ooh. Like all these like hidden fees or some shit. I don't know. Mm. And my parents were like, "Damn, we're not like we're just not gonna be able to do this. Like we're not gonna be able to make this happen." We were about to leave, and they were about to be like, "Sorry, buddy, you gotta figure out something else." But uh, a friend of mine, his mother, um, uh, had a, an extra saxophone because uh, my friend's older brother used to play, and he stopped playing, mm. and it was a tenor. And so he, they were like, hey, if you want to just like use his tenor, you know, and if he likes it, then he can keep it. And if he doesn't, then, you know, you just give it back. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's how I started playing the saxophone. It was actually uh, a gift. Sorry. It was a gift that uh, somebody just out of the kindness of their heart was just like, bam, you know, um, that's the type of shit that I try and constantly remind myself of because it's like, you know, it's all, it's all about uh, caring for one another, man. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's uh, not to sound like all, you know, lovey-dovey and stuff, but like, that's really what it's about. Um, I, it's, it's, it's really important to make sure that you uh, uh, understand that you can't take all the credit for your success, you know? Mm. 
like it takes it really does take a community of people oh yeah you know that that really care about you and you care about them like it's, that's that's what it takes mm. so yeah man that's that's how i started and haven't stopped since so yeah. <laughs> and uh don't feel too lovey-dovey about it i was literally about to say I don't want to say this, but the gift that kept on giving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just the gift that kept on giving. My God. Uh, <laughs> no, but it was. I, I guess it's a. It's a good thing that those, that series of events transpired because I mean you've been, obviously out there performing a lot, putting yeah. out, a solid amount of material. Um, mm-hmm. Looking back at it, you know, so far in your uh, career in jazz, are there any particular pieces that? Um, that that you really want people to hear about stuff that really stands out to you on a personal level, um, even work I guess, of uh, other people's if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot, man. I mean, I've I guess I can talk about things that are coming up that I'm excited sure, about. Yeah. Um, I'm working with with Shigeto, me and him. Uh, I went over to his house and recorded some stuff for him mm-hmm. for his for his new album that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I believe it's coming out in the summer or the fall. Mm-hmm. For for those of you who don't know Shigeto, he's on Ghostly. Makes sort of um, a mix of electronic sort of rhythmic uh, type music. Very rhythm heavy. Yeah. Very predominant. And he's been here in Detroit like the past four years. This is, he's from Ann Arbor originally and he has a place out here in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just been connecting with like Detroit artists so um, we're about to do a show at the Max uh, in June. I think it's in June. Mm. Yeah, it's in June, June 7th. We, uh, anyways, went over there, made music. Me and him have always hit it off, and we always knew that we wanted to, at least I know I always wanted to work with him, and, and he's shared the same interest. So mm. um, it's going to be me. I know it's going to be me, him, and Ian Finkelstein. I don't know if you know him or are aware of his music, but he's a great pianist and electronic artist out here in Detroit that I also grew up with, phenomenal musician. Um, I know the three of us are, are, are going to do something, and there might be some more people involved, but um, that's something I'm really excited about. Um, I'm excited about this EP and with the quartet, and I'm also uh, excited about a project that I'm doing with the piano player that I play with in my quartet. His name is Michael Malice. And uh, we play in a group together. It's a duo project called uh, Balance. And we both write compositions for it. And we've done a lot of shows under that name. And it's gotten a lot of success just kind of locally. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited to uh, kind of really let that one shine in the summer here. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, uh, have an album coming out like early August. So I just have a lot of projects coming out, man. I feel like uh, I'm just trying to get out as much as possible and just really it's about being prolific for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's just kind of when I think when I think about uh, uh, what it means to be like a great artist. Um, it's it, in some degrees, it's less about quality and it's more just about like <laughs> quantity, you mm-hmm. know, and I know that's kind of like. I mean, like quantity in terms of presence. You know, yeah. you mean at at some point you do need to be like recognized if you're going to be a you know prolific artist or a known artist. Right. You know, that does need to happen. Eventually. Exactly. You yeah. need to do a lot of stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool to me. So I'm I'm uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm always going for. I'm 
always trying to create and I hope I can stay in in this momentum. Mm. I think I will. I don't think I'll have any problem with it, but who knows yeah. what life yeah. what life brings. And uh, the the projects that you have going on now, I mean, they're re- relatively diverse. You know, it's not yeah. try, it's not staying inside of like one, one box. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm excited for that. I'm excited uh, to uh, continue to write, continue to create, continue to meet new people. Yeah. In terms of like writing in specific, uh, yeah. you and I were. Um, talking about actual expression through different uh, mediums, yeah. different media uh, a bit earlier on. Um, can you tell us a bit more of uh, your, your uh, experience and angle with that, if you want to, if you'd like to get into it? Yeah, say that question, say it again, so you want to... So, I mean, like, you, like recently you said uh, that, that you've been, like, like writing in terms of, oh, like, yeah. like, language more yeah, recently. Yeah, 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 definitely. I just think... It, Another thing that I love, like, there's certain artists that I really admire. Like, Yusuf Latif is somebody that I really admire. You know, he was a saxophonist. He was a composer. He played flute. He played all these different instruments. He, uh... uh, I I think I heard him on a a rendition of The Rite of Spring. Maybe. I don't know. That'd be crazy to hear. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, I was in... Brooklyn ended up going to the, I think it's technically called like the Jazz Library or something like okay. that. This basic uh, apartment just filled with jazz records. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm trying, <laughs> I talked to the owner and I'm just like, I'm looking for somebody who can really just kill a jazz flute. And he's yeah. like, not many of those out there. Yeah, but not. then he pointed me to um, Yusuf. Yeah. And uh, I ended up copying a wax that day of uh, him, uh, or him being a part of a rendition of The Rite of Spring. That's crazy. Which is just, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, that's the type of cat he was. And he was from Detroit. No kidding. Yeah, he was from Detroit originally. Um, anyways, super prolific dude. And uh, he was also a, a painter. Really? You know, and has some really beautiful paintings that go with his music. Uh, he was also an author. And he wrote all these books. Hmm. And so he was just a student constantly. You know what I mean? He was just constantly a student. So... I look at, I guess I look at my life right now and I'm definitely a student of music, but I'm really interested in like spending a lot of time in some of these other things. And one of those things that I think that I would like to spend a lot of time in is just writing and poetry in general. Um, It seems to be something that uh, is really healing for me to do. it's just one way that I'm, it just really helps me process, you know, when I write. It just really helps me work through things. And I recently have been like digging into some different poets like Amiri Baraka and uh, just a, a bunch of different Langston Hughes. There's a lot of African American like poets. Mm. Um, and really spending, you know, I read their shit in school and, and, it was kind of just went over my head, honestly. Like I didn't really understand it now, but now I feel like I really, it really speaks with me. And the thing that poetry does for me is like it creates a, it creates a certain like inner silence, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, that's really uh, immediate, you know. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're reading poetry, it just creates this certain uh, silence inside of you um, that I really like. Maybe sort of like a feeling of awe. Yeah, of awe and just, uh, 
I guess, you know, just kind of in the moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. It really yeah, that, is. That, that, that essence. It's yeah. just another thing that, that brings you into, into the now. Mm. Um, but it does it in a really interesting way. So that's something I'm like really interested in like exploring. And I've been writing poetry and stories and stuff and, you know, nothing might happen of it. it I, I'm not trying to like write a, well, I am trying to, I'm, <laughs> I would like to write a book at some point, but I'm not trying to like, you know, be a best-selling author or right. anything like that. This I'm is trying just to write a self-help. Book. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, maybe self-help on saxophone. That might be the closest thing I could write. It's a self-help book, but <laughs> how saxophone can make you happy by Marcus Elliot. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a solid title too. <laughs> Ted Green has chord chemistry. How saxophone can make you happy, Marcus Elliot. <laughs> Why not? Why not? You know, straight up. So, anyways, yeah, man, I'm just like writing. Uh, been writing poetry and I read some at this last show that I did where uh, um, I was I this kind of ties me into another thing but I uh, I'm in school right now I'm at U of M I'm studying improvisation mm-hmm. and uh, at the end of the year I, I wanted to do uh, just a show of this kind of things that I've been working on and so um, I did this show where I premiered some st- music for string quartet, and I've never written for that before ever. Um, and I spent the past, like basically since September, working on these string quartet pieces, and I got six short pieces that I wrote. Um, and so that we performed that the first half of the concert. And in the second half of the concert, I did a solo saxophone uh, performance where uh, I did a lot of just improvisations and also compositions um, that were mine. And uh, during that, during that section, I was like, man, it would be really cool to like have some poetry involved. Like I think it would really just kind of help with what it is that I'm trying to do with the music, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of help explain it a little bit right. more or just kind of show like, like getting a, the point across. Exactly. Getting the point across. And man, it fucking worked. Yeah. It worked really well. And so I was like, oh, okay. So there might be something here, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if I can express it in word, have that be a song in itself, and then play what it is that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. that might be a really uh, really cool thing, word. you know? So that's a direction. Um, I, f- yeah. I, f- I forget who it was, but... Um... Like who who actually said the quote, but I, I think it was Paul White who sampled uh, this particular line, and it was just uh, uh, a performer uh, just giving an interview, and he was yeah. just saying like, "If you explain what it is you're about to do, people will listen." Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true, man. Actively, I think listen. a lot of people are like, "No, we need to keep it mysterious and shit." But hey, why? Why? There's nothing wrong with being direct. What's wrong with just telling you, "Hey, this is about to be some crazy shit. I don't know what's gonna happen." You know, this is going to get loud. It's going to get soft. You might feel uncomfortable. So during that, um, during that piece, what were sort of the, the vibes that you were getting across? The whole idea of the concert was to do things that I knew would make me uncomfortable. Mm. Things that I, and, and those would be things that I've never done in front of people before. And, but still kind of the ballpark of what it is that I do. You mm. know, I was like, well, I've never written music and had someone else perform it. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've always performed my own music, you know, mm-hmm. in some shape or form, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that could be cool. 
so maybe I'll do that. And then I was like, and I've never done like a solo performance where I've had to keep people's attention for longer than 15 minutes, you know? Mm. So that would also be a good challenge to do. And so I kind of spent the year working on those two things, mm. you know, doing short shows, just solo performances of improvising freely mm. and, uh, and working on these string quartets, man. I woke up <laughs> pretty much every morning at six, six in the morning and, and would start writing. And I learned a lot. Holy shit, I learned a lot um, by doing that. Yeah, so I did it, man, and then the concert went really well. Um, and I guess the thing that I was trying to say, the string quartet stuff uh, was kind of inspired by uh, Joseph Campbell. Are you familiar with his works? He's a uh, like a anthropologist and a philosopher of sorts, but he's uh, one thing that he talks about is this thing called the monomyth. And it's basically this, the, the idea is uh, we all live a, a story, you know what I mean? And it's kind of this, a certain, like a hero's journey, you know, it's, okay. it has a certain, uh, certain shape to it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like the stories that we tell ourselves, like Star Wars is a great example, or... Uh, Anything from like, like the Odyssey, the Odyssey, really just like yeah, heroes any, yeah, journey. any of those type of stories. Like mm -hmm. there, there's a certain thing, and one of the things is, you know, there's a there's a person, a protagonist. Mm -hmm. That person has like a gift, doesn't know it yet. He's shown that he has this gift, denies the gift. Mm -hmm. Something happens to him where he has to leave his current situation. So now he's out. He's been forced out, and now he's on this journey. And then during this journey, he usually meets certain characteristics of people. Mm -hmm. Those people help him on his journey. They go through certain trials and tribulations. They, they meet the huge demon or thing, mm -hmm. you know, an, an, antithesis. Mm -hmm. They defeat that thing. And then they return home. And that's kind of the story, you know, of any good, any, any good story that we tell each other. It kind of has that shape. I kind of mm. butchered it, so you should read it. <laughs> but um, that's, the, that's the idea behind it. And so I love that idea, you know what I mean? I love this idea of, like, thinking of my life in that way, thinking of my life as, like, just one large journey, but also a lot of smaller journeys. Mm -hmm. And the only way that you can start on those adventures is you have to you have to act you know what i mean you can't stay stagnant you have mm -hmm. to kind of move and that's how i felt that what i was doing with this performance was like moving into a new direction and kind of like conquering things that i've been wanting to conquer for a long time but have just kind of been like not really addressing mm -hmm. um so that's what the string quartet music is kind of about and then the other half of the concert was mostly improvised and improvisation to me is really important. Mm -hmm. And there's this uh, Steve Lacey quote, who's a saxophonist. It's, uh, there's a music that must be composed, and then there's a music that can only be improvised. And uh, that quote like really resonates with me, mm -hmm. because I really do think that the way that we look at improvisation 
uh, in a lot of ways is like almost as it's lesser than com com composing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Okay. This kind of this idea that the composer is like, oh, the composer is like this high up, uh, like genius mm -hmm. type of person. And the improviser is just kind of like this street smart, like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. cool, like, oh, I can act in the moment type right. of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's automatically like this distance. And I, and I guess um, one thing that I've been like studying a lot recently with improvisation is that the reason why we don't give it the credit that it's deserved is because we just don't know how to talk about it. Mm. Um, so we need to find ways of talking about improvisation. And one way that I like to talk about improvisation is that it's like moment music. You know what I mean? It's it's music that, really, once again, just like with the poetry, it 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 happens, you know, mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. Like it, it it happens in the moment, and it will never happen again. And it and when you go and sit when you sit to listen to it, like it it you may hate it. Like you may hate the way it sounds. You may love the way it sounds. But either way, it like brings you deeply into that moment, mm -hmm. and it's usually an intense moment, you know. As a as an artist, like to express myself in that way is such a like a a feeling of selflessness that I can't even explain. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, there's a it's a detachment. You know what I mean? It's kind of not a detachment. Maybe it really isn't it. Like, I feel like I'm plugging in, honestly, when I do it. Mm -hmm. But it's a detachment of the ego, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It kind right. of um, uh, allows me to really transcend. That's what it feels like. If I mean, the potential is there for people who are, like, consuming that music, listening to music, to be having those uh, quote-unquote ego deaths. Yeah. Then, I mean, just imagine being the person producing that. Yeah. That, that improvisation, that music in the moment. And yeah. I think... You know, with me personally, the way that I um, choose to execute my music, yeah. um, improvisation is you know quite important. It's I want to say the backbone of a lot a lot of stuff that I do. Yeah, and as it should be straight. You know, down. like yeah. that's that's the essence where it comes from. Composition just straight comes from improvisation. That's where it See? comes from. You know, it's the root of it all. Yeah, it is. But I would also say. Even on that level, composition and improvisation is different. Mm. Simply because, yeah, it does take, don't get me wrong, like it takes improvisation to create the idea. Mm -hmm. But that improvisation that it takes to create that idea is over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like right away. Mm -hmm. And now it becomes this thing. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's a thing that's going to develop in a very slow period of time. And so like the, the, the true gifts of a composer are that they're able to conceive these moments, you know, and like hold on to them and like display them in a really beautiful way. Mm. But, and that's good, and you need to be able to do that. But the improviser doesn't necessarily have to think like in these like, large blocks of of, mm -hmm. of time mm -hmm. they have to be the goal of the improviser is actually the opposite is to really focus in mm -hmm. on the on that moment that's happening right then and there mm -hmm. so it's two even on that level to me it's still two separate things it's two separate ideas you know yeah um 
But uh, so yeah, that was kind of the idea behind doing a show where the first half was composed, second half more improv. Improv. For the and I'm, and I'm <laughs> just saying this because I've been taking a class on it recently. But for the math people out there, the the way that I sort of, I guess, put it into terms, yeah. it's sort of like integrals and derivatives. You yeah. know, the the closer that you're getting to that root change, you know, being in that moment, there is that, you know, that. And, and, and it's sort of wrong to say that it's in like a lower position, but it's in more of like a root position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not even just like chord position. Yeah, <laughs> I know like, what you're saying. Um, as in where it comes from. Yeah, it's coming from a, 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 that space. Mm-hmm. And you all, we all know that space that we're talking about, but mm-hmm. it comes from that space. Um, it all, you know, uh, one thing that I've been thinking about, and this is one thing that I've been, ex- and I think, exploring with improvising is like, uh, the, the you know the really great thing that music does, it's not it's really not about like the the vibrations that it creates. It really is is how much it points out the silences. You know what I mean? Because it's all coming from that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that right there. That's always happening, mm-hmm. all the time. And so that's where all this shit is coming from. And so really the music this goes back to like making us bring us back to the moment that the music focuses us because it gives us this thing that we can listen to or look at um and while looking at it it can bring out the silence that's around it you know what i mean like oh shit like there's this space here you know um i don't know why i said that but that was just, oh my no, that's right man yeah <laughs> so yeah so that's what I'm trying to do, man. I, I, I'm uh, just constantly in exploring and constantly trying to create. And I don't think I'll ever stop. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> here's, here's the hoping that you don't. Yeah, for real. For real. Um, in terms of uh, other people's work that you really do okay. appreciate, mm-hmm. um, whether it be people that you've listened to growing up that your parents listened to or people yeah. that you've found uh, more recently, like what's, uh, what's on your mind when people ask what, what kind of music do you like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a few things that have like really been uh, influencing me uh, in the past like five years, six years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is the music of Steve Coleman, who's a saxophonist and, and uh, composer and improviser. Um, I just think, I just feel like in terms of like the music that I want to do, his music is just like the next step of that. You know, it's like, this is where it's kind of at right now um, in terms of just like high level music. Because he's a person, just I've, I've met him as a person too. And he's like- Not many of us get to meet our- uh... yeah. Yeah, it's something that's weird. It's a whole, that's a whole other story I can tell you about. Mm-hmm. I've been meeting like my heroes, man. It's been crazy. That's wild. It's really wild. He actually stayed at my house for like three days. <laughs> yeah. And then no. he came back this past year and stayed uh, in Detroit for like a week. Uh, actually, was it, it was like longer. It was like two weeks. I'm sorry. Anyways, the first, the first three days that I met him, or the first like time that he came here, 
fucking changed my whole shit up, dude. Because, like, he basically woke, like, I picked him up from the airport. We got in the car, and he's talking about music. Like, he's just, bam, we're talking about music. Like, you know, we're just going right into it. And then that night, we stay up to, like, 3 or 4 in the morning. And then I'm like, man, I got to go to sleep. Like, I said that. I was like, I got to go to sleep, man. I'll see you in the morning. We get up probably, like, around 9 or 10 o'clock. And he's, like, comes out the room talking about music. On it. Just on it. <laughs> bam. And so we, I did that for, like, three days straight, man. That's awesome. And it was fucking awesome. Like, it, it was so great. It was so great. What a gift that was. Um, anyways, his music, ugh, excuse me, his music and uh, his writings, he's a, he, he, he has a lot, he writes a lot about, like, just music theory and, and kind of about, like, just his thoughts on music, like, mm-hmm. are just deeply, deeply inspiring to me and, like, really cool to see someone thinking on that level. Um, so that's one person. Another person that's really influenced me is a saxophonist, Detroit saxophonist that died in 2012. His name is uh, Farouk Z. Bay. And Farouk is from Detroit, and he uh, was playing like in the 70s and 80s here in Detroit, a little bit in the 90s. Um, I just didn't even know that there was music like that going on in Detroit. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit, this is this was going on." You know, like that's how I felt when I when I heard it, and so it really connected me to it. He's a tenor saxophone or a saxophonist. He plays alto and tenor, mm-hmm. um, and also another another composer. And it's just his his shit is just so deep. Like his the groove is just like. It's, it's just really powerful music. It's hard for me to talk about, but mm. he also writes poetry. Um, he was like a mathematician. I picked up one of his books. Um, it's like his music theory book. And I've been, re- I've been reading that for like the past two years. And uh, that shit has just like really influenced me on a really deep level. Um, so... Right now, those two people, Steve Coleman and Farouk Zibay, are people that are like uh, someone I hold up really high. And Yusuf Latif. Mm-hmm. I'll put Yusuf up there, too. He's yeah. another person that's really uh, 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 just inspiring to me, you know. Um, In terms of fashion sense, music. Yeah, music, music. <laughs> <laughs> I wish fashion. Man. I need to get my shit. I need to find somebody to look up to for fashion, man. Sun Ra, of course. Yeah, Sun Ra, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm, what, what, these days, where would you even find material like that, you know? What, for that for that type of clothes? Yeah. Yeah, they go to a, like probably a thrift store or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a lucky find, man. Yeah. Do you imagine finding like a, like, 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 a, like a head of the <laughs> Egyptian god Ra just to wear on your head, Dude. <laughs> like a helmet? And, and you just wore that around. Yeah. You just wore that around the house, like, like, like not even on stage. Just yeah, every day. Dude, that would change you. That would change you as a person oh, yeah. if you did that shit. Yeah, I think I think they call those people furries. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs>